You're listening to a Destiny Park Media Podcast. Shut the door, have a seat, it's time for another round of Dad Men. You are listening to Dad Men number one, Mike Jala. In with me. Oh, I thought you were saying it was episode number one. <laughs> no, Dad Men number one. Oh, I guess that does kind of sound like an episode. <laughs> I'm Michael Rowland. Hey, how are you doing, everybody? Uh, that was great. Ignore man. the technical difficulties. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> We've started all over again. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I watched the first episode again. You know, I thought we were just going back to the start. Episode four is about the time when you need to get a retrospective going about the series, right? Oh, whoops, whoops. Yeah, yeah. I actually did not catch up. I'm on. I was. I was supposed to watch five. I'm on. I'm on one now. I'm on one. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna need to rewatch the other three episodes. Right. As well. Everyone join the join join the ride as we restart the season. Man, that would be such a disaster. That would be. That would be disaster. pretty bad, especially while we've landed on such a. Uh, such a jam-packed episode is uh, episode number five. Uh, this, yeah, I mean, and last week's for those of you who uh, missed last week's pod, uh, this this last week's episode was our favorite yet, I believe. And um, yeah, yeah, we both hit it. I think at a I believe we we gave four point five, four point five Manhattan's out of yes. five. Yeah, and I kind of have always remembered that episode as being like my favorite episode of season one. Now. My memory can be faulty, and uh, is that going to be the case of today? Well, we'll have to find out. But um, first, before we get into that business, I do want to say uh, just a quick personal personal note. Not really a story uh, so much, but... Lay it um, on me. I, uh, I wanted to say that I was able to watch this week's episode of Mad Men without having to rewind constantly. And uh, mm. we've, we actually talked about that back in 2021 in your pod episode uh, for ITPNT, right. uh, my other podcast, where I, I have some really obsessive compulsive tendencies. Uh, when I'm watching media, I get really hooked in and laser focused on every single word of dialogue and uh, and also every like eyebrow twitch and every everything, you know? <laughs> so, yes. but I, I just want to take a quick second to, you know, this is like us showing the men behind the curtain a little bit. Um, yesterday was a huge victory for me personally, and I yes, congratulatory for sure. I only rewound like two or three times, and that was just because like the scene was great or something like that. So it was it was pretty chill, man. Uh, yeah, props to you, buddy. Thank you. Um, you uh, do you have anything uh, exciting to talk about on the intro segment here? Well, I'm kind of just excited to get right into it. Be honest with you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get the uh, timer. This is the okay. official Dadman timer. You can find that on uh, quibids.com. Uh, it's a, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a uh, eBay-like website that's no longer <laughs> But you can find it on any collect- collectible website, and uh, it's just a timer, and it only goes to 30 seconds. So, Beauty, beauty. All right. I have it pulled up, Jala. So um, whenever you're ready, I'm going to give you a 3, 2, 1, and then I'll start this timer, okay? All right. Sounds good, buddy. You good? You good? I am. I am. I'm ready. Do you, have, do you have your Gatorade? Uh, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not uh, rehydrated yet. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to hit. I'm gonna have to hit that after the thirty second. Okay. Kind of treat it like a timeout. 
Okay, I'm going to give you a three, two, one, <laughs> three, two, one on this bad boy, okay? It right, sounds good. Three, two, one. This episode starts with Don winning an award for his uh, advertising work uh, at his firm. Uh, but uh, Don is confronted with a new visitor at his office by the name of Adam Whitman. Uh, Don is shaken by this idea and sees uh, Don, uh, Adam again at lunch. And uh, he... Uh, you had time. Yes. I'm so sorry. Sorry. I was shaken by how much information is in this episode. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I was really glad I didn't have to do it this week. Um, this is pretty bad, guys. I, but, but to be honest, I mean, there's literally a million things going on in this episode. And yes. I wanted to stay on on the Adam, uh, the, on the, on the Adam appearance, but... Uh, I actually got lost, lost in my, lost in my notes. Uh, lost in the sauce. It. Okay. Yeah, lost That's in the okay. sauce. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Um, forgive me, fans. Forgive me. Forgive okay, me. Well, we can continue Listeners, on. Really, we can continue on talking about yeah the uh, the, the episode from here. But uh, let's go on the carousel. Nostalgia. It's delicate, but potent, sweetheart. So, for me, um, I actually have no recollection of watching this episode for the first time. Um, this was taken, or this, I was watching this during a, a dark time in my life, this first season of the show. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think I've touched on it before, but I was uh, using NyQuil as more than just like a cough suppressant. I was using it to help with sleep, blah, blah, blah. I would take it and then I'd wake up feeling tired. So then I'd get caffeinated and then I'd take it when I was too caffeinated to sleep. It was a, a vicious circle or cycle, whatever you want to call it. But um, right. the point is, I don't remember watching it the first time. Um, but I have always remembered it being very good on rewatch. So, but, I, yeah. but here's the thing. When I watched it last night, Jala, I, uh, I cried. Like uh, oh, you did! I cried like a baby. I, I what uh, what uh, what uh, what um, was it? A specific scene yeah. or toward the end? Okay, yeah. And so throughout this episode, um, Don rejects his brother's love and wanting to be yes. in his life. Yes, uh, yes. And it's just heartbreaking because Adam never gives up throughout the whole episode. He no, is, no. He is undefeatable, yeah. and he he's just Don still is just cold. But it's like Don's not trying to be like quote mean to him. He just no. is so scared to. He's he's scared. He can't he can't lose his wife and his kids. He can't lose this new life. That it's clear that he's built up some sort of persona here, and he's fought oh, really yeah. hard to get a Madison Avenue job. You know, we don't know Absolutely. how, but but it's just so heartbreaking that. On the one hand, he he can like, uh, it's it's just so it's a frustrating dance to watch in the episode because Don does say, "I'll go get coffee with you. I'll go to a coffee shop with you." And um, as soon as Adam says, "Do you have a wife and kids?" That's the moment Don bails. He he says, "I'm out of here. Cut him. I can cut, cut you. Cut I, I can I can buy you lunch." Um, and then when Adam, you know, 
questions him a bit more, he says, I'm not buying you lunch because it's never happened. So he's, he's frantic. He's a cornered animal. And, um, but the way John Hamm plays this is so good because you can see the hurt in John's, in, in Don's face. Um, and there's little moments where Don does ask, I mean, for most of their like first half of the encounter, Don is trying to gaslight him and say, I'm not who you think I am. That's not me. But eventually he does say, you know, how's Uncle Mac? How's, you know, is is your mom? Or uh, I forget her name, but he, he finally does start was it, to... Wasn't my mom. Yeah. She, she let me she, know she that. She made sure of that, right? Yeah. And then when she when he finds out she died of stomach cancer, good. Oh, Don, that's yeah, a that bad... Was, that was, yeah, I know. That was, that was a very scorned uh, response he, that but, he gave. My point is, is that they're both fantastic actors. It's some of the best stuff I've ever seen in terms of dramatic acting. And um, thank you. It ends with just this heartbreaking moment where Don says, "Here's five thousand dollars. That's everything." And Don thinks that he can make this problem go away with money. And uh, yeah, you know, the whole time it's clear that Adam doesn't want that. You know, and he even <laughs> That's says not what that. I wanted. Yeah, and. And and Don just can't let him in. He and he, he refuses. But then he just gives like these little glimmers of hope by going to his, Thank you. his hotel and his you. apartment. It's just it's just I feel so it's bad pa- for Adam. Yeah, it, it's painful because um, I, I, I see Don. You know the beauty of it. Um, every encounter with Adam, ninety percent of the time, he's pushing back against wanting to be in and then every once in a while he will 10% speak as Dick Whitman and then he'll back away then he'll speak a little bit again as Dick Whitman and then he'll back away again like he does it he does it he does it every once in a while because like Adam will kind of keep like Adam stays on this where family on this train and Don's kind of just he he's very he's he's very shaken. So he's very like I don't really know what to say. Like I don't know who's watching me. He's paranoid. And then he'll let yeah he'll he'll let his guard down a second. And be, yeah, like you were saying before, he'll ask about the family. Like you know what happened to what happened to the, your to the mom. What happened to Uncle Mac? Um, you know. But then after that, he's there's a lot of there's some lines in here. I didn't write them down, but. Um, I wish I would have, to be honest, because I wish I would have written written down all the points where he kind of was like he dropped his guard. Because there's there's a few points where he 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 says a couple things where he's like, oh, he says he says, did you ever, didn't you miss me at all or something like that? And he's like, yeah, like he'll he'll he breaks like. Well, it's a it's then, a pregnant it's a pregnant pause, and uh, he he says with us almost a quiver in his voice, of course I did. But not like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Not as much as I did. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. He he would he wouldn't he wouldn't let him. Yeah. He wouldn't give him all of that. But again, it's a very guarded, but exposed view of himself, and he does it every so often. Uh, even even uh, the last scene, or one of the last scenes where he's at uh, Adam's, I guess, motel or hotel or whatever. It's probably a motel or something. Um, in room 5G, of course. Yes. Um, and um, it's cute because he he walks in there with the with the mission, uh, with the with the money in the in the in the uh, in the uh, suitcase, and 
Adam says he's like he's a he's a now you look more like you, and he does <laughs> he does without yeah. the suit uh, the hair isn't as really slick back it's very like normal but also um, the, the facial acting by John Hamm he he does look more like someone else like this is this is the brilliance of John Hamm he, he does these very minute acting choices with his face and body that isn't dramatic where like it's over the top it's all subtleties but it's brilliant because you can see the difference uh no obviously you're gonna see a lot you're gonna see more of this more of this brilliance of, of john ham but uh you, you get to see it in this fifth episode and uh it's it's amazing sorry i had to jump in but no it's okay the 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 him and adam the him and adam scenes are are are, are top notch yeah top notch and um, I did write down, I think, the first moment where Don breaks from Adam, you know, pecking at him or whatever. And that's when he says, why did you um, – the line is, why did you leave me? And yeah, Don says, I couldn't, I couldn't go back there. So Don's not cruel. He's not going to ignore that question. He No. The thing is, is it's like pulling teeth where Don – Yeah. He loves, he loves Adam clearly and he doesn't – it's not that he hates Adam. That's why he's doing this. But anyway, he's he's trying to say, "Here's money. You never. You can start a new life and uh, forget about this." But it seems like that's the things that uh, Don likes to do is use money as a way to start a new life and uh, right. forget about <laughs> his past. But the problem is why this isn't working for Adam. He doesn't want to forget his past. He just found out that his brother, who he loved, is still alive. And he, he he loves him. He wants he wants to be there with him, and he he wants to. It's clear that this character has gone through a lot. I mean, he says he's going through oh, a yeah. hard time. He's in a he's living oh, yeah. in a terrible motel. He he right. says it's hopefully temporary, but he the fact that he has to say it's hopefully temporary hopefully. Is, uh, shows yeah. some of his bad luck or hard luck. But um, right when they hugged, man, I just god damn it. Yeah, that, yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a it's a big scene. You know you know. Through most of that hug, though, um, he held on to the Don until maybe, like, right at the end. Right at the end, he kind of, like, embraced him a little bit. And then he had to let go of it again. Like I said, 90% Don, 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 and then gives you a little bit of dick women, and then then he pulls back. You know know the issue? You know the issue with it, though? Um... Looking at it from 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 Don's perspective, this is not to give him any. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Um, this is not to give him like um, leeway. Um, yeah, I know that's the word that was in my head, but uh, yeah, I guess leeway will work. I, not to give him any leeway or grace, but I think I have a theory. Not a theory, but I have a thought. I think if Adam didn't bring up. Two things. One, wanting to know about his family. And two, saying the line, I just want to be a part of your life. I think that Don wouldn't have paid him off to leave. Because these are two giant red flags for Don. And it's why he shuts down. Um, it's, it's He shuts down dramatically because of these lines in 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 the scene i'm pretty sure this is happening in the i'm pretty sure this is all 
those lines were delivered in the uh, during lunch. I'm pretty sure. Um, once he said those things, I could tell that Don was like turned off like completely, because Don hasn't told anybody about his his childhood or life. You now you have your younger brother coming in and saying like. Yeah, you know, I know about our family and this, you know, I, I have all this information that you missed out on to do, you know, live your new life or whatever the case. And, you know, I want to know about your family and like they should know about who I am and who your family is. Right. This whole this whole thing is a is going to be a glass shattering to the persona that is Don Draper. Right. And he can't have that. He just can't because it's basically it's it's going to be a shattering of himself almost like he. Don is living in the sh- in the shell. You know what I mean. It's not even a shell anymore. It's like it's almost is him. You know what I mean. Like he's so ingrained in Don uh, Don Draper that Dick Whitman does not comprehend. It does not really exist. It's not something that was once there. So like when 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 um adams you know saying these lines it kind of completely breaks the um the communication with him almost um well i mean it actually it does at the end it breaks the communication because he just p- tries to pay him to to go away um he he's he's on defense and survival mode it's literally defense and survival mode yeah. um whether whether that's right or wrong is 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 beside the point. It's just what he's experiencing. So. Yeah, there's there's a point to be made that if um, Adam could like uh, mellow out a bit in his interactions with Don and say, "Okay, you're Don Draper. I understand. How's your day been?" <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Then, kind of play like a looser role in Don's life. Like, hey, you know, I'm just. Yeah, like, but I can be a guy that that you know. Obviously, that's not realistic. It's. it's I, I think that's. You know, he's, it's so like there's a way that that could have happened, I guess, but it it, it wouldn't make him happy. Uh, no, and, no, Adam wouldn't be happy with that. No, so I mean that's kind of where it's like, yeah, it could have worked out if he just changed all his feelings and changed how he would have acted. And I don't know, it's just sad. I mean, yeah, of course. But but yeah, it just it just broke my heart, and I think it's like the worst, one of the worst things I've seen a main character do in a TV show, where it's just like, yeah, it's um, I, it's. I, it, it's it's pretty dark. It's cold. I understand the motivation for it, um, or I shouldn't say that because the listeners who aren't caught up yet won't know that. But yeah, I, I I understand that he has motivation for doing it, and it's not meant out of cruelty, but it is an right. unspeakably cruel thing to do to your brother. And uh, shit, man, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just one of those things. It it's um it, it comes with the territory with Don's life and his uh, like I said, the mystery man. Yeah. Uh, we got let in. We got let in uh, to a you know a big piece of a big part of Don or Don's life, and um, it's you know it's crazy. It's almost as if John John Ham playing Don. He almost Don. He the way he his acting performances in this episode. He's almost not only acting shaken within the scene, but also to the viewer. Like, he almost doesn't even let the viewer know what he's thinking. It's a lot of just pondering, a lot of stagnant shots of him just pondering, no inner thought monologue, none of that. Like, it's just very sitting and staring off, 
Betty kind of notices it. A- as a viewer, you play the role as Don's like outer circle of people. You're mm-hmm. like watching him, and you're like, "Wow, this guy's um, he's very distracted today. I wonder what's going on." But you see, obviously, as uh, us being the viewer, you see what what's actually going on, what's happening. Um, and Peggy, well, um, speaking of the episode, Peggy actually, you know, stumbles upon a one piece piece of that uh, one piece of the uh, mystery man puzzle. Yeah, she does. It's uh, yeah, on accident. Um, but <laughs> yes, but yeah, I, I do want to say that. Uh, it has this age this episode has aged tremendously and uh i would give it five manhattans out of five i think it's the uh best one we've watched so far clearly and uh yeah i couldn't believe how good it was but i also just was so hurt by it that i almost didn't want to watch it a second time today oh you double watched yeah i i watch every episode twice i watch once once for just for fun and then once to take notes yeah that was my, that was my, that's been, you know, that was my plan for most of what we're going to be doing. And um, sometimes I'm able to get the double in, sometimes with the child duties I'm not. But I still enjoy the episode the same. Um, and for me, it's a, it's a five. You know, it's funny, as I was watching the episode from the couple of, you know, maybe 20, 20 to 30 minutes in, I was thinking in my head and I was like, you know, all of the episode hadn't happened yet, um, but it was like early early in the episode, maybe 10, 15 minutes, and I was like, yeah, I already know. I remember this. I remember this episode. Um, this this episode's got to be at least a 4.5. And then I remember, watch, I remember watching it as, it as it continued to progress, and I was like, oh, no, no, this is... This is easy five. Yeah. <laughs> this is an easy five episode. It, it just it builds and builds and builds and builds in a dark way. But um, but again, that's that's one of the the um, one of the beauties of the show. It can it can deliver that dark complexity um, that I really love. So, uh, did you there, man? Five Manhattan. Sweet. Did you have any uh, carousel style memories before we move on? Yeah, I remember watching this episode back in the day. Um, <clears throat> I remember him running into, running into, or not running into, but I remember Adam being introduced. I don't think I put together the pieces of the train guy saying Dick Whitman back then, and then this guy being named Adam Whitman. <clears throat> I think those were two separate thoughts in my mind when I first watched it. Um so is watching it again. Obviously, you can put the puzzle pieces together much easier, um, and so that was really cool. Um, and I think I remembered the episode um, differently um, because I think I may have forgotten about the um, the motel scene where he hands the money off. I think in my mind, I thought that happened later, which was interesting. It's weird. Like, I disconnected that scene or something from this episode and put it, like, in a later episode, like, as if they were, like, maybe communicating later on or whatever the case. Yeah. So, it was pretty interesting. I, I, I separated that, but watching it again, it was... I think it's because, like we're saying, this episode is so jam-packed with um, <clears throat> story development. Not only from Don, but, like I said, uh, like we... Uh, like... like um, you know, we see story de- development from Don in a major way. Um, we get 
Ken Cosgrove and his new form self. We get, um, we get Peggy and her peek into Don's, you know, escapades outside of work. We get, and then we get Pete and, um, Pete and Trudy, and they're kind of back and forth, and I forgot, you know, this is kind of like some of these, this is kind of where Pete is, really shows a little bit of more of his childishness, not only with um, the the boy, the, 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 um, the guys at work, but him wanting to be published so bad that he's willing to, quote, almost sacrifice his his wife's um, happiness slash well-being in order to get that view of uh, uh, of recognition from 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 the other men. Um, well, yeah, I mean, he kinda, almost kind of sleazy. Yeah, he almost prostitutes her because <clears throat> he's saying, "Yeah, I want to be published." In the, you know, she she says to him, "I could have gotten you published in the." you know, New Yorker or the Britannic, the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> and his response isn't like, okay, okay, I see what you mean, sorry. His response is, so why didn't you? God. Why didn't you? Yeah, why didn't you? Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's that's <laughs> probably, I think that's probably one of my least favorite Pete moments. Um, it's pretty bad, so. Yeah, yeah, Pete, you know, he he, he, he has some he has some issues, obviously, with, with the... Um, the inferiority complex thing and the entitlement. It's okay though. It, yeah, the entitlement piece and stuff like that. Um, I really like Trudy in this episode. Um, um, uh, sorry, um, uh, Allison Bree. I, I really liked her performance also in this episode. I think really, honestly, everyone was really good in this episode. Yeah, like I really, I really thought everyone was really. You know what's crazy when 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 John is at a high level. I think it's it's a trend that we may see, but when John's at a high level, I feel like everyone's at a high level. Like, I think when you're on when you're on set with somebody, I don't know if this is true. This is like me fantasizing, and maybe sure. like how shoots go and stuff. But <clears throat> when you're watching somebody really execute from an acting level or from an acting perspective at such a high level, um, I, th- I feel like it just helps helps the overall morale and 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 acting chops of the team it's kind of like an energy builder you know what i mean mm-hmm. I, just, I just really enjoyed everybody um in this episode but i really liked uh allison brie and she was she was cute and 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 subtle and um and she really tried you know what i mean she, she tried for pete i mean that's the thing that pete the childishness that he had was like he didn't he didn't respect the he didn't really even respect the attempt really mm-hmm. like she went out of her way to do all that she didn't even want to go like and, yeah you know, she he, she ran up to him so he emotionally blackmails her a little bit uh you know when she mentions that that guy was her first uh he says well this can help make up for that and that kind of uh, yeah settles yeah. the deal and then she has to see this ex boyfriend of hers. And uh, he preps he propositions her into uh, you know having sex with him again. Uh, yeah, it's just bad. Yeah, he he I don't he doesn't say it. He doesn't say that. He he basically <laughs> it's almost as if he wanted her. He knew I think in his mind what she might have to do to get it, 
But he wasn't going to say that she should do it, and she wasn't either. But when so when she, at the dinner table she tells him like you know you know I could have got but you know what I mean she kind of alludes to like where it was going, and then I think he kind of feels a little funny like when she actually like kind of lets the cat out of the bag like I could have you know like insinuating like I could have laid it down and you know everything could have you know what whatever you wanted could have been gotten I just thought you would have cared more that that didn't happen right. And he's just very like whatever about it, but yeah, tis tis for Pete, but you know, yeah, that's an L. That's an L for Pete. <laughs> that's an L for Pete. This episode. <laughs> you know, it's very rare that he has a W. To be honest. Um, okay, well, uh, the next segment is Sterling's gold, and this sort of goes into the Pete and Joan plot. Nicely done. I didn't think you had it in you, and I mean that. My my Sterling's gold for this episode. It might be a little different than usual. Um, but it's more yeah. of a sitcom type of beat, which is uh, when Peggy is in the office. Uh, so here's the, here's the situation. Um, Peggy heard Don talk to Midge uh, the previous day. And Don went to go visit her during lunch. And Peggy heard compromising audio. She, she heard her say, pull my hair and ravish me. So Peggy, it's not a misunderstanding. It's She knows what's going on. Uh, <laughs> she puts the dots together. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, so what wound up happening is uh, the next day, that's the day that Adam invites Don. Well, that's the, the Don. Sh- oh, my God. Don says to Adam, go to a coffee shop. I'll meet you there. And right. uh, that's what he's doing during his lunch. But the problem is, is that Peggy thinks that he's with Midge. So she's extra anxious and worried when Betty Draper stops by the office with her kids and Peggy doesn't know where Don is, but she's like, uh, I think he's with the other woman. <laughs> so she's, she's yeah, with Midge. So um, what's funny about that is Peggy has to stall and hang out with Betty, and while she's doing that, when Joan calls and says, "How's it going?" <laughs> uh, and Peggy says something to the effect of, "No, thank you. I'm staying in." That's classic <laughs> sitcom duo stuff. That whole plot is fantastic, and um, love that. Love it's that. it's subtle character progression, Jala, where Peggy is actually going out and looking for Joan, the the lioness, you know, the mama lion or whatever you would phrase it as oh, yeah. of the office, oh, yeah. and she is so relieved when she does find Joan, <laughs> and then she drags Joan. So and let go of me. I love I love for some reason the way Christina Hendricks delivers. Let go of me. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, and Joan is so great. She's she's I'm glad you so caught that. she's that so good. toying with Peggy, where she's like, "Oh yeah, you shouldn't have told me that." And meanwhile, she was telling Peggy she had to tell her the the juice, the juicy details. She's a weasel. Yeah, she's a weasel. She's she's a great weasel, though. We love Joan. Oh yeah, fantastic, um, gorgeous weasel, <laughs> gorgeous weasel. <laughs> uh, you know, she's single. Uh, oh yeah, I did. I actually did know Christina that. Christina Hendricks, that. her and her hubby. Uh, no more so uh you know out in these streets <laughs> she, she well one of us is single so uh yeah we're, we're gonna have to it's all, keep it's all on you mike it's all on you buddy <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say to her well i do not see a ring so uh would you like to come on Here my podcast <laughs> that would be amazing and she's like oh sure what's it about oh shit well it's actually about mad men and she says goodbye i don't love you bro bro imagine if she was on this podcast could you believe it? Ugh, that just wouldn't work. 
I'd have to ask you to Just leave. Just be a lot of, lot of, a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'd say, listen, man, you got you're you're killing the vibe with me and Miss Hendricks. Listen, this is a very respectful podcast. We respect um, Christina Hendricks for her acting abilities first and foremost. Okay. No, we're. I'm a huge fan. Huge and, fan. And Elizabeth I think, Moss. I think she's fantastic. As well. And all the women, all the men, and quite frankly, I'd kick you out of a a stream with. Uh, with me and Ken Cosgrove, uh, Aaron Statton as well, I'd say, hey, listen, man, you're killing the vibe here, too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, maybe I'm revealing too much. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just thought that was the best comedy moment of the episode. And uh, props to both of them because it showed how, like, in these five episodes, their relationship has changed where they were able to mm-hmm. have a normal conversation at the end. Did you see that? Where it wasn't. It wasn't like Joan the Superior kicking her ass. It was Joan just talking to her and giving her like genuine advice. So I, I was pretty stoked when I noticed that on this watch. Yeah, yeah. No, they're they're um, they're a great duo. They sure are. Um, they're they're a great duo. And it's funny you mentioned your Sterling Gold is that scene. Um, I have one from Sterling, which is just like a throwaway Sterling line that I thought was actually pretty funny because I'm sure it's every. Like superior business, uh, superior like um, boss um, thinks about anytime he's like after he's done with a meeting with his staff, where she where she says, uh, "I'm glad everybody can make it sound like they're working so hard." Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was just thought was funny. It's very t- I, it, it, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's what every boss thinks. Um, but the funniest line that actually made me laugh out loud was um, when when uh, Peggy was talking to. Um, was talking to um, to Joan and uh, she's talking about how she heard him, heard him on the phone. She goes, "Yeah, he's uh, he's seeing this woman. Uh, she saw he saw her the other day. He came back all greasy and calm." Which <laughs> I thought was a hilarious, like a way to explain like what you thought you saw, what you or what you saw from Don, which is hilarious. Yeah, he came back all greasy and calm. Yuck! Uh, that's one way yeah, to put pretty, it. it I know, right? Yeah, very, very much so. Well, um, so ter- that that was pretty hilarious. In, in terms of a Sterling line, I want to shout out. I liked when he said uh, something to the effect of that Kenny's story wasn't for him. I he personally didn't enjoy it, but he could see why someone who would enjoy it enjoyed it, or something like that. Some weird backhanded smart aleck <laughs> remark. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Sterling's gold. This next segment is mine, and it's called Michael's Mental Health Nook and Pietatere. And this is where I talk about relationship issues on display in the episode and how they could have been resolved more productively. Um, For me, uh, the Pete and Trudy plot is just horribly difficult to watch because, (laughs) as I mentioned, he's emotionally manipulating his wife into hanging out with an ex. And um, the weird thing is, is that it does seem like it resolves okay that first conversation where she does agree to do it and um but that second conversation to be a fly on the wall for the rest of that talk would have been interesting um i do think is that it the conversation that um they have when they're sitting at the dinner right table? yeah the dinner table conversation okay. where she says i could have Got gotten it. you in the encyclopedia britannica um gotcha i i do want to say I have great respect for the Trudy character and that she's very strong. And um, I think I said that before, but uh, I like that she stood her ground and said, why would you do that to me? The conversation doesn't end with Pete saying, why didn't you? 
she is strong enough to stand up for herself and say, why would you do that to me? And Pete, yeah, to his credit, doesn't say anything after that. The conversation over. The conversation is over, and it looks like they're both sort of stewing in that moment, but maybe reflecting too. Maybe Pete is reflecting uh, in it. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I do think that they are the best couple in the show so far. Uh, as weird as that mm, is to I say, take. no, it's that they. It, maybe that's that's more like a season three take or season four take. But no, <laughs> they they um they actually do like talk to each other more than any other couple, I'm pretty sure, and communicate about their issues. Um, the best couple in Mad Men is still a dumpster fire, of course. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, that's just my hot take. And, uh, you know, I'm serving them up all day on the street corner. <laughs> um, but, but I do want to also say that, um, yeah, Pete, Pete needs to grow up. He has a beautiful, yeah. loving and caring wife who does make herself uncomfortable and put herself in a uh, really uncomfortable situation with her former beau. And um, my, my heart goes out to her. I, I think she would have done a great, like, r slash relationships thread about this. And uh, everyone in the comments would be saying, leave this guy. Leave Pete. He's a horrible guy. Um, don't emotionally manipulate your partner by saying, oh, you owe me this. This will make it even. Uh you know, you you hurt me by doing this, so now I'm going to use this thing from our past to try to twist the knife and make you do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's slimy. It, it was a slimy move. And he didn't even care about it. It wasn't even on his mind until she brought it up. He literally, it wasn't even on his mind that that was her first. He says, you, she says something to the effect of, you got mad at me when you found out. And he says, found out what? Found out what? He yeah, he's like not twice. even thinking about it. Because yeah. Pete is so single-minded that he isn't realizing that he's talking to his life partner and someone he loves. He's talking to someone who can get him what he wants. And Pete's yeah. whole point is that people are out there and they know who he is. But this would be such an empty victory to have his wife, you know, ask a friend to get him in a magazine. Like, does he not right? say that? Does he no, not? it's so true. Because <laughs> even if he got in, like... He has to live with the fact that what she had to do to get it. And then, by the way, she would probably just, he would probably hold it over her head the whole time. Yeah. He would know he would do that. As soon as he got what he wanted, which this is a major theme of Mad Men, he would be miserable. He'd say, Well, I didn't really get it. You had to talk to Charlie Finnich. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It was perfectly uh, delivered, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. But Pete, he doesn't care how he gets stuff. He just wants it. And then once he gets stuff, he's unhappy. It's just, that's the character. What, what was his line at the dinner table when he's super serious? He was like, you don't want me to have what I want. Yep, something that's, like that's that. a character-defining line. I would say oftentimes in an episode of Mad Men, there's one line that's like, oh, this is the character summed up perfectly, and that's him. He, you, could, you could imagine him saying that to any character on the show. You don't want me to have what I want. Yes, yes. And it's exactly. just, he's, he's being a freaking crybaby. And I hate to use that term, but he's being a baby he about is, stuff. Yeah. He is, but yeah, I still love is. Pete. He's just, he needed to be burped in this episode. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's but good. <laughs> that's, I think that's about all I need to talk about. I mean, for mental health stuff, I, I just, I wish Don had felt safe enough to trust his little brother. Um, Cause that is, you can see that this, this guy's been through hell and he needed there's, there's this line I wanted to talk about, and I'm glad, actually, that I have my own little segment here because I think I would have blown past it. I wrote yeah. it down because it's my favorite line of the episode. 
and it made me cry. And it's the line where Adam says, where do I go? And the way he delivers it is so heartbreaking. First of all, the actor they got has a pure and innocent voice and face. Beautifully casted. Beautifully casted. And, but Don thinks he's saying, where should I go? That isn't New York, but he's saying, where do I go to find someone to confide in? Because I am so miserable. That's how I view it. Mm -hmm. I'm so lonely. And you have just, my family has just rejected me. Where do I go from here? Where can Mm -hmm. I go to find love? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, man, that line crushes my heart. And, uh, I just, I just, like I said, I was open-ended questions. Where do I go? It's not very, it's not super literal. Oh, but Don answers it literally. You know, I know he's like, (laughs) you can go to (laughs) Poughkeepsie anywhere. Not here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's just, um, the problem was not solved. He, he, the only thing that was solved is that Don gets to back, gets to go back to his, uh, his home, you know, his fake home with his wife that can't even comment on his secretary without Don getting defensive and weird. By the way, props, I'm, I'm giving props to all the ladies in this episode. Props to Betty for being nice to Peggy. She was really nice. I yeah, really liked man. that scene. They had, they had good mm-hmm. chemistry together. I don't know what it was, but I really enjoyed seeing Betty make small talk with Peggy and treat her with respect, you know? Yeah. No, man, something about this episode. Everybody just was super sharp. Yeah. The 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 chemistry worked with everybody on screen. Um not that the not that the show has a bunch of like spaces where people just seem off, but Something was very easy and and uh, clickable. That just it just worked. It, it almost seems like this episode is better for like a hardcore fan like you and me, as opposed to the first time watcher. Because you know, I I don't remember this episode as much from my first watch as other ones. But watching yeah. it now, I'm just like, this is the fucking best. This is so <laughs> this is so great. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yes. But yeah, that's my that's my thoughts on the mental health and relationships, um, guys and gals. And non-binary people, please treat your partners with respect and um, be emotionally honest and, and vulnerable available. with the people you love and available with the people you love, too. Yeah. Yeah. For, there you go. For sure. For sure. Okay, man. Well, it is time for a dad break. We are going to break from the heaviness that is episode five into Ooh. the dad break. So, dad break for today. Not something super deep. Um... One quick one and then one more detailed. Um, I know you had mentioned last week or the week before that you had gone back and listened to some Kendrick, um, I think it's Tipimba Butterfly album. That's right. I, I, I would say it's a really cool album. Um, I think I, I had it at like a four, four out of five, I would say. Um, nice. But I still have many listens to give it, so it's it's early days. Um, yeah, it's fresh, right? Fresh in the mind. But I really dig that there's the recurring, you know, sound clip throughout the album. The the scene I call um, it a scene where he uh, yeah. he talks to Tupac. That was really cool and felt very yeah. very resonant. And just I, I like that there was live instrumentation on it throughout. I don't know if it's samples or not, but it feels like it's there's live. okay. It feels like there's a theme of like soul involved in this album. Soul and Hip hop combined into this cool yep. Kendrick Lamar style that he does the best. I mean, I didn't know that I was his song, and that's one that I always enjoyed when it popped up in like a trailer or something. But that's a classic, and um, yeah, man, the closer is really great too. I I enjoyed a lot of that album. So yeah, well, I've I've listened to it like uh, like three times, I think three or four. 
Oh, nice. So, okay. But I still need to listen more. I'm, I'm. That's a sign that I like it. Is I'm like I, I gotta listen to that more, and then cut to like <laughs> twenty listens later, and I'm wearing the Kendrick Lamar T-shirt, and I'm, t- I'm <laughs> yeah, telling so you, I'm telling you facts from the uh, Kendrick Lamar Wikipedia. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're like, did you know that he had his child around this album? <laughs> Did you know that he's talking to Tupac? Yeah, you said that already, Mike. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, sorry. It's a conversation. It's a conversation of, throughout the whole album. Oh. No, I'm, I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm glad a lot of that wasn't uh, lost on on you, especially at early listens. Um it's really cool to see him kind of put together these these uh these these scripted um poem pieces and, and it all connects into one long uh soliloquy. Um so I'm glad you dug that. Um, I'm excited to finally yeah. check out the new one. Oh yes, um, I've uh, I've actually um, been going back to it and kind of just playing just records off of it in pieces. Um, I, I I listened to it like once or twice uh, from front to back, and um, this is the um, this is the uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers uh, record um, that came out or album that came out. Um, and when you listen to it from top to bottom, I think a lot of the heavier messaging songs and meaning is front loaded, even though if you listen to songs selectively, there's a lot more groovier, you know, um, tracks on here that, um, could just be listened to as like regular singles. And when you listen to it from front to back, F, those out those those records I don't think stand for me at least didn't really stand out as much. A lot of what I got from front to back listen was like the overall message. How I mentioned before, like um, it was a, almost like therapy on it was basically therapy on on, on record, um, and him kind of expressing like what he'd been going through over the last five years because it's been five years since he released released an album. And um, kind of his evolution and thought, his evolution in his family structure, and um, how he wants to grow for them and break the trauma cycles of of the past and things like that. You get a lot of that heavy messaging from from the front to back. Listen, but if you just for me, if, if you just kind of pick some songs here and there to listen to, he's got a lot of like really catchy, um, um, like head nod and music that I really dug. Uh, that I really dug um, on the album and uh, it becomes maybe even like a little bit of a less, uh, a lighter listen when you don't have the full messaging behind it um, in pieces. So, okay. um, so I, I've actually really gone back, kind of been just grabbing songs and listening to them, but I, I love the album. Um, and it's a, uh, it's, it's aging like wine. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a wine ager, which I really, which I really like. Cool. Um, and it's really hard to do. I feel like with that, with albums, Sometimes you get an album where it's like really hot. The first time you hear it, you're like, "This is it." You That's know what I mean? Worst. Yeah. <laughs> but it kind of can fizzle a little bit faster when you get albums like that. Um, oh, don't, yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. When the first listen is like suspiciously great, like that's concerning because <laughs> I, I love that suspiciously great. <laughs> because I've had some albums where it's like the first listen was like the best time I ever listened to it, and then every <laughs> every time I replayed it, I'm like, oh, that was really bad. Actually, that part. Oh well, that was cheesy. Oh, the production's pretty bad on this thing. Ooh, <laughs> but it, but the best albums are like a thief in the night, where it's like you put it on yes. the background, and you're like, yes. Mm. Okay, I'm not 
I'm not like hating anything on here. I didn't, that part was cool. I'm digging this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting vibe. Well, I'll put this on again tomorrow while I work and see what I think. And then the next day you're like grooving, nodding your head a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, yep. And then by listen three, it's like this, this shit is, uh, it's popping. Like, I don't yeah. know how I, the thing I always think is how did I not notice this from the first listen? And I, I sort of want to kick myself and I go, no, no, it's, it's, this is the process. It's sort of warming its yeah. way into your, Jala, I know this is your, your time, but could I talk about something that, um, yeah. the, an album that I want to recommend to people? Yeah, absolutely. This is crazy to say, but like the new Weezer EP is called Spring and, uh, it's a project called Seasons, S-Z-N-Z. And mm-hmm. for those of you this. who aren't like super familiar with who I am, um, I've been, my journey with Weezer is a little complicated, but suffice to say, um, I'm a hardcore Weezer fan and I've seen them live more times than I even know. And um, that's not related to the NyQuil. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I just saw them too many times to count, I think. But um <laughs> No, I, I do love Weezer now, but there was a time, like, give me, like, two years ago or three years ago, I would say I'm not a fan anymore back then. But um, this new uh, this new EP called Spring, uh, seven tracks, and they did this amazing thing where it's an acoustic-based album and it's kind of folky, but then there's still mm-hmm. chunky electric guitars, which is the Weezer sound, you know? And yep, yep. the songwriting is, is just... It's there. It's fantastic. I don't know what Rivers is doing right now, but he <laughs> is super inspired. You can hear it. The uh, Some people are like, it's a little divisive to some people, which is like, for me, that's so great to see because yeah, when, yeah. when everyone is just like, yeah, it's okay. That's not a victory as an artist, I think. I think yeah, you want right. people to love it or say, what the fuck? And um, <laughs> I'm I'm so happy to be one of the people who say I love it, and it's actually helped me out with my mental health. This this album because it's like it's so inspiring um, to see someone make something so new sounding, but then also so true to themselves. And uh, I would just recommend you check it out. The production's great. Get some good cans on, and you'll uh, you'll notice how warm it sounds because it was recorded to tape. And uh, Oh, nice! Very nice. Maybe Jolly, you could uh, check it out and I'm report back to check us. It out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you knew that. I, I do. I, I, I do enjoy Weezer's uh, Weezer's work too. Okay. Um, obviously, mostly mostly heard a lot of their earlier records, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so I didn't follow them along the long, long journey. But um, and it really, if you can get a really, <clears throat> if you get if you can get me to enjoy the vocalist, I'll most likely enjoy what they're working on album wise. Yeah. Obviously, Blue Album and Pinkerton and yes, um, dude, all that, all that, all, yes. the, all that classic shit. Like, yeah, I, I fuck with Weezer, so cool. I'm definitely gonna check for the Spring album for sure. I actually heard it was heard it was good, um, because I guess they were having, like you were saying before, a few years ago, they're kind of having uh, some misses or some. I don't know if they were misses. I don't know, but it's it's they're a having tough, some issue. Yeah, it's a tough timeline to track because it's like they started out phenomenal. There was a dip, uh, then a, a bigger dip. Then they got really good again. Then they had a dip with Africa and Pacific Daydream and um, the Teal album. And then mm-hmm. they did something called OK Human with an orchestra in 2019, um, yeah. which is a great album as well. Uh, but that's one where I have to be in the mood for it with the Spring EP, which came out in March. So I'm not overstating it. Like that one right. is, has aged really well. Whereas OK Human, there's some great songs on there, but I 
don't listen to it that much anymore. Um, right. Anyway, uh, it's a it's a complicated track with the Weezer, but my point is is that you know they're prolific and the great stuff is so great. And just check this out. Um, seven tracks, I think twenty something minutes and every time i listen to it i'm like oh man it's track seven already god damn it like it goes by so fast i love a good (laughs) i love a good concise album though i i i prefer that over absolutely prefer it over a bloated album i can't stand a bloated album yeah it's like 20 some records and like 18 of them you just couldn't you could live without no taylor swift had a run where she and I actually liked Reputation, but like her albums were like seventy eight minutes or something. And for me, yeah. it's almost worse to do like a seventy eight, seventy nine minute album as opposed to yeah, like yeah. a double album. You know what I mean? I know that doesn't make sense, but it's like imagining that CD being so full to brim with bursting with bad <laughs> potential skippers compared to a double double album where it's like okay, there's this album and then there's this album. You know what I mean? It's, right. It's, Right, it's and you can and you can you can kind of compart yeah you can cart you can compartmentalize yeah. um, the two pieces like oh the first disc was dope but the second one was like eh. or like I like a lot of records uh, a few records on the first disc and the second disc had a lot more of the vibe that I was looking for etc yeah. etc et um, no I follow you I follow you on that one last thing is that the spring project is going to be all four seasons so summer is coming out I think it'll be out by the time this comes out so um, they've actually. Rumor has it they don't have the, like the same producer that was going to be overseeing all four EPs. So okay. e- <laughs> we're a little nervous. <laughs> we we hardcore nerds who shouldn't know all this stuff about the band. We're a little nervous that it's like, oh, shit, because this guy is the guy who did the White Album. OK, Human, uh, Spring. We're a little nervous. So, OK, thoughts and okay. prayers for this, uh, <laughs> this, this summer album. Oh. Yes, yeah, so hopefully Summer Album um, rides the same wave as uh, the spring. So. I'd be so happy, man. But anyway, That'd just shout out to... Uh, I'm doing a lot of shout outs in this episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, shout let's shout people up. People got to get the love. Yeah, and we're going to be reading comments in future episodes. Uh, but right now, there's no comments because we are batching these. So we can't read your comments. Oh, Jaw is so dreamy. There's one. <laughs> Man, oh wait i think i heard i heard that one come through <laughs> yeah. that's that's one uh, i think i heard it coming from upstairs <laughs> oh interesting that's interesting maybe 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 it wasn't really coming turn off through the, turn off the baby monitor man that's your <laughs> that's your wife <laughs> the baby monitor just blaring she's been crying the whole time man man i wish you were talking about uh big bang theory okay Back to no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> that'll be another dad break. Um, but hey, did oh, you, beautiful. Did you get everything out you wanted to say about Kendrick Lamar? I think I. Um, I, I, had, I had another it. piece, but I, I, I think, I think, I think that the music talk was probably a good, a good fit for this dad break. It was an organic discussion, uh, but what, what were you gonna yeah. say? Just out of my curiosity, I'm sort of like <clears> a cat. Oh, I would. No, you're good. I, yes, <laughs> I'm sort of like a cat named Whiskers. You know, Whiskers the cat. You do fit a Whiskers description. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the Walking Dead. The um, there's the Walking Dead video game that came out like years ago, um, and I was I was recently watching a let's play of it. I had played it in the past and finished it. Um, and I was watching a let pl- uh, let's play. These guys were um, 
these guys were playing um these guys were playing the the full I think it's like a four season game. Yeah. It's an epi- it's an episodic <clears throat> an episodic sh- game um and uh just remembering how much I love love the game and um and w- watching people replay and how much craziness goes on in the game and just remarking at how well written the game is versus the show is amazing to me too for me. Oh, um, I I haven't watched the show. I'm just uh I've not heard good things no, about the show. Yeah, the show's not the show is um I mean, I'm sure there's Walking Dead fans, show lovers out there. Honestly, I tried watching the show I think up until like season 3 and I kind of just fell off. Um I think the best season of that show is like the first season. I really liked what the first season was doing with the show, and they kind of just diverted off that. And when when it came to the second and third season, it was almost a different type of show. Um, sure. But the game is amazing, and I think the characters are much better written and more um, uh, enjoyable and lovable. Um, a lot more heartfelt stuff. So okay. That was that was that was my other piece, but I think I could probably save a more lengthier talk about that later. I'm sure. All right, cool. Um, yeah, man. Before before we get to your uh, fatherhood corner, um, you had mentioned how good you know the performances were, and we like to credit different people on the show. And the director was uh, Leslie Linka Gladder. I, I think the directing on this episode is what you're referring to. I think the director probably helped get the best performances out of everyone. Um, absolutely not to say that cinematography is great yeah not to say that like John Hamm being awesome doesn't help other people step up it's a they're a team <laughs> they're a team you know but absolutely absolutely we want to make sure that and you and I we're not industry pros I know people can't tell from these awesome TikTok videos we're posting but uh, <laughs> but very fancy I think the director helps out with uh, performances quite a bit well someone quote me on that that was a phenomenal statement i think the director helps out with performances <laughs> quite a bit actually a, a decent amount a decent amount, decent amount well yeah that's not giving them too much credit uh but um <laughs> all right folks now it's time for my favorite segment jala's fatherhood corner Ooh, thank you sir thank you sir i didn't know this was your favorite segment well it is today cute. I, I appreciate it i appreciate it um for the fatherhood corner um well, we can start real simple and kind of more of a side beat story. Um, Don being late to the family portrait. Um, this happens <laughs> like mid-episode, basically. Oh, shit. Um, I just realized I forgot yeah. to say don't cheat on your wife because Don, Don went to Midge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, that, that that's a main. That's a, that's a, that's a very... Um, well, I'm not, I won't, I'm not going to... It's not dissing Don, but that, you know, it's a... It's it's part of his MO. I just don't want our listeners to go cheat on their wives because I forgot to say that. Go ahead with <laughs> the fatherhood corner. They I'm so to, sorry. They, 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 no, no, let's keep going. They went to the fifth episode and just was like, he didn't say. <laughs> Holy shit. It's okay if you do it like this. If she calls me, it's okay. And then cut to the listener driving to their mistress's house with this podcast <laughs> on the background. Wait, but this is the fatherhood corner. <laughs> They're driving. This is them driving back from having the affair. But but you you said it in the fatherhood corner. No. <laughs> okay. Back to your regularly scheduled uh, dad gramming. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> um, no, Don, Don Don being late as as a family. You know, first of all, 
him not remembering. Here's the thing. Here's the here's the issue with this with the with the scene. Um, I would say that if Don wasn't shooken up by the entrance of Adam, I think he most likely would have remembered about the portrait. But since he most likely, or at least Peggy would have at least had the time to tell him that um, Betty was going to be stopping by for the. Yeah, uh, for the picture. But since there was so much chaoticness in Don's world, um, <clears throat> it slipped his mind. Completely understandable. I understand, you know, things kind of coming in and kind of shaking up your thought process, and you forget you forget these things. But still, it's still a no no. I mean, you had the you had the wifey and and the kids waiting for you uh, during most of lunch, and um, they went and did the pictures anyway. Uh, didn't turn out great. <laughs> Uh, uh, said by uh, Betty and her friend even more so. Um, so that that was that was a bit of a that was a bit of a faux pas. Um, along the lines of Don's family in the office, he let uh, as we were mentioning about uh, Don and Midge, he got caught by Peggy, unknowing to him that he's seeing Midge. He doesn't know who she is, just knows that it's a woman on the phone. And um, it kind of, you, you, I don't know, we didn't talk about this, but it kind of, Peggy kind of loses a little bit of, um, at least in her face, you can tell that she kind of loses a little bit of the trust uh, from, 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 from Don when she finds out this news. Yeah, um, she does. Kind of crushes her a little bit, almost as if like a... A daughter kind of finding out some truth about their father and being like not knowing how to feel about it or being disappointed or something. Um, so I thought that was interesting. But Joan does actually kind of re help Peggy to kind of regain focus about her feeling about Don, and she basically tells her like, you know, if 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 you're already if you're looking down at him for this, then you're not really in the right business. Yeah. And she and she kind of reconfigures her thought and it's like, you know what. She doesn't say you're right, but she's kind of head nods it's like, hey, all right, all right. So that piece was in there, and then the uh, the end piece, which is basically, well, two pieces. We've already discussed um, Don and Adam and his his uh, his family his his family dynamic and how cold he was in that in that piece, but his immediate family, uh, Betty. Betty, this episode is feeling a lot of distance from Don. Um, maybe more prominent than some of the other uh, episodes. Um, and this is without saying, like she's very, um, she notices he's very distant and he's in his head. That that's probably a better way of saying that. She notices he's 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 really in his head. She notices it from the pictures that were taken that he's just not. He's not. You know. Him being, I think she attributes it to him being late and screwing it up, but I think she knows that it's a little bit more than that. Um, and then him being at the at the table with uh, with Betty and um, Don, kind of just sitting there with a the drink and kind of staring off into space, and she's like, hey, "Don, are you are you okay?" Like feeling that distance away from him, and Don not being able to speak on it because it has to do with something that he can't speak to Betty about again this is that communication piece this is this is a much more difficult communication 
uh, a point to just drop on to Betty, but I think in a healthy standpoint, there is a way to slowly engage in this conversation. Yeah. Um, but it's very difficult. I'll give it to Don. It's a difficult conversation to have, and uh, he can't have it. So that distance from wife because of that communication and um, lack, uh, lack or lack thereof um, is kind of an issue that's going to follow Don um, for a little while. So those are my dad assessments. Do you have any pieces that you wanted to add to that? Um, anything you notice? Um, I think for me, this is the first episode where we know Joan's thoughts on her job and the place where she works. And she yeah. really seems to love it there. Um, it's. I think that's the first time she lets her guard down with Peggy a bit. And when Peggy says this is an odd job, um, you know, Joan says genuinely, but it's the best. And yeah, it's yeah. really kind of a cheesy but nice ending for that plot line. Um, I think Peggy even does say, like, I thought he was different about Don. Um, oh, yeah. I think, she, I think cutting, she does actually say that. Cutting back to episode two, which is all about Peggy seeing that this office is full of sexual harassers. Um, it sort of shows to us that she she didn't include Don in that montage of, you know, creepy men looking at her at her desk. She, you know, she had put Don on this pedestal. And it, it goes back to what you're saying. We put our parents on pedestals a lot of the time. And yeah. I think it was when I was like 17 or 18 that I first realized that my dad is just a guy, you know? <laughs> and Yeah, it's interesting, right? And I and so a lot of stuff that I hadn't forgiven him for, um, you know, I, I sort of saw I saw shades of that guy that, you know, my dad coming out in mm-hmm. me when I was losing my temper or getting frustrated with other people in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, if I had gone a certain way in my life and made certain choices... This is me more further down the line, like at 19, 20, 22, you know, uh, gotcha. if I had, if I had gone and made certain choices, I could have wound up like him and I see how he wound up that way. And I don't judge him for it necessarily because he's right. just a guy like, right. He's just right. a guy like I am now. You know, It's hard to explain, I mean, but we are all people. Yeah. We're all people. And Peggy has to learn that about Don is that he is just as flawed as her or Pete or Joan. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I had mentioned. Absolutely. I think I had mentioned that the show uh, like avoids the male gaze and films the female cast members respectfully. Um, mm-hmm. There's a shot at the end where Joan is leaning over Peggy's desk, and the camera. It's like a, th- oh, a third yeah. of the shot is her ass, you know. And yeah, yeah. I think it's done. She's doing the lean. It's done intentionally, like because they're talking about sex stuff at the same time, like and Don. Right. Joan is saying. Um, I th- I think it's like. Sort of like, what's the word here? It's intentional. Like intentional? Yeah, it's intentional. Yeah. And it's like almost subtextual. There we go. It's intentional yes, and subtextual exactly. because Joan is talking about how Don never noticed her. And jo- Joan even says, Yes. Joan even says, yes. I, ne- I always wondered why he was ignoring me. <laughs> so yes. Joan knows yes, she's exactly. Joan knows she's really hot. And like, yeah. sorry. Lady listeners, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to like objectify Joan, but um, I mean, uh, ladies listeners know that she that right. Joan is Joan, and everyone Joan is Joan. Everyone knows Joan is hot. That's the, the thing. Yeah, but yeah, but Joan knows, and she knows it's weird that that <laughs> Don uh, hasn't been hitting on her, you know, or trying to uh, take her out for a nice romantic dinner. Uh, let's say, 
Uh, always a question mark with with that I that I always had about the show. Um, if he ever did early in the in like when he first started or like, but apparently I guess her saying that maybe confirms uh-huh. that he never really tried. No, he maybe. All I can tell you, and I I don't want to spoil a future episode for people. All I can tell you is that he did not. We can't. I can't say any more than that. But we know he did. Got you. <laughs> yes. Sorry, you, guys. Oh man, I now I sound like a genius. We've seen all the episodes. We've seen all the episodes, <laughs> yes. guys. So you're you're a soothsayer. yeah. <laughs> but um, I just think that was intentional on the filmmakers, and I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I sort of egg on my face where I'm like, oh, they always film uh, with camera angles they would use for the men too. No, I don't think there's a shot of uh, Don Draper crouched over <laughs> Roger <laughs> Sterling's <laughs> desk uh, with his butt in the camera. But the the ladies, no, no. they you know what, the ladies would love that, and the men would too, and the non-binary. You no, know, there's too. there's a lot of really beautiful shots of Don. I mean, a lot of a lot of shots of but Don. not you of know, his he, ass. Him and Midge. <laughs> <laughs> That's the important thing. Um, you know, there's a whole thing about John Hamm. You know, we're not going to go there. Never mind. Never mind. That would be pretty funny. I know where you're going, but. <laughs> <laughs> But we're going to respect... Because we're on the same track. <laughs> we're going to respect him, too. <laughs> yes, respect Don as well. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I think I said uh, we should talk about this, and we never got around to it, but uh, there's a yeah, progressive but... ad campaign where the progressive girl... What's her name? Flo? Yeah, Flo. Uh-huh. Uh, she actually played one of the call operators in this show, uh, in this season. And um, this is her... And uh, John Hamm, they're back together in this ad campaign. So uh, that's cool, right? That's that's wild. That um, so you sent me that, and I I looked at, it, I was like, is it, is this like a real ad? But you, you so you're saying that she was actually in the show? Yes. Oh no, she was the call. She I, was on the switchboard. I missed her. I, I totally missed her. Was she in the Was she in the scene when Peggy gets introduced to them? Yes. Is she one of the girls? Oh, I got to go back. And, and so look. is Kristen totally Shaw. So is Kristen Shaw from uh, Bob's Burgers and um, Yep, I saw her and other things. Her voice is very recognizable. Yeah, I you know what? I don't know if she's in the pilot, but she is in this first season multiple times. So sh- just look for her. We'll we'll have a flow watch. No, that's not right. We'll have a <laughs> I like that flow watch. Uh, no, I don't know, man. I think we're <laughs> we're already in kind of hot water in this episode for some of the stuff I've said. So <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't talk about watching for flow after talking about women. Uh, I see. God damn it. I, see, I hate I, I follow you now. I follow We you are now. canceled. You know, this is gonna be the first podcast. <laughs> we are canceled. This is gonna be the first podcast where the host says, I'm canceling us. <laughs> right. We're both We're, canceled. I'm gonna cancel myself. Alright, so I'm working on the next post doc right now, uh, for myself, but <laughs> no. Uh <laughs> but I'll, we're gonna have a, a segment on the show called Flow Watch. Okay? And we're gonna watch for Flow, yeah. the actor playing her is in the show i swear yeah do we know her i'm gonna pull up her name if yeah I yeah and let's not call her by her <laughs> characters <laughs> that's <laughs> the name. that's the lowest form of entertainment by the way when, or, or comedy well, but- when people say oh this character uh it's it's done by this actor who's in another show now they're a shared universe and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about you idiot <laughs> a shared universe <laughs> so Stephanie Courtney, or Flo as I call her, because we're good friends. <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye out for her. But that's gonna be the Mod Men segment for this episode, Jala, is that uh, Mad Men's back, baby. Uh, 
these two Ooh, yes. these two actors have been reunited and i think that uh you know i haven't watched the progressive ads but i believe that they show full penetration <laughs> and we're very full, excited about full it flow all the time absolutely <laughs> damn it uh anyway good times though good times. all right man so i think i don't know about you but i think that's this episode in the books yeah, man, I think we I think we wrapped it up. This is a this is one of the monumental episodes. I love it. This is a this, yeah, this is a rating number five. This is five Manhattan's. Um, can't wait to see more. Um, and by the way, with this first season, um, not a spoiler, but I think we will see some other very strong strong episodes and performances that will, I don't know, rival it, but will. Um, be in the same room as this episode yeah I'm, I'm trying to not like remember stuff I'm trying to go in as fresh as possible for this being a show I've watched a million times um, <laughs> right. but it's so hard for me to not go on Wikipedia and be like oh man what's the episode after this just to see if they can like literally top it in the next episode but yeah I just want to take the second to thank everyone for listening one more time we'll come at you again next week and remember the medium is the message See you later, guys. Bye. This has been a Destiny Park Media production. If you like the show, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. For more content, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We're going to be posting video clips of your favorite podcasts, as well as glimpses at new music. And hey, drop us a line or send any questions you might have to destinyparkmedia at gmail.com.